Hi, I'm Renee Philpott, and this is Selling with Charm. After over 26 years in sales, there's one thing I have learned. Sales is fun. Join me as I help you simplify your sales process, and together we will reach your weekly, monthly, and yearly goals. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's podcast. And my guest is Wendy Conklin. She is the magic behind Chair Whimsy. This is part of my Sales Done Right series. A couple of things that I want you to look for in this episode. Wendy does one thing very successfully that not many people can do, but she attracts two different types of prospects and clients. One is the ones who love her beautiful chairs and appreciate her creativity. And then the other are the ones who she inspires and they want to try it themselves. You know, there's not a lot of people who can run a successful business with two different types of of clients, but she does it and does it well. When I first started uh, following Wendy, it was because I was so inspired by her creativity. And as I followed her over the last 18 months, I saw that her business is so sound and her brand is so on top of it that I just appreciate it for many different things. So let's get started. As I shared, you are going to be inspired to reach for your dreams after listening to my interview with Wendy Conklin. Welcome, Wendy of Chair Whimsy to my podcast. I am so excited about interviewing you as part of my Sales Done Right series. Tell us about you and introduce yourself. Yeah, so I am a boutique chair designer and I teach other people how to do what I do, uh, how to make their own chairs, even how to flip and sell if they want to do that. And uh, it's something I've really enjoyed doing. I used to be a teacher. Then I turned into an educational consultant and I wrote a lot of books and did that for many years, traveled a lot and taught and trained schools all over the United States. And then I fell into a chair love business where I really, it was a hobby and I really wanted it to be a business. Um, So, but it took several years to get it off the ground where I could quit my day job and finally do it full time. So it's been quite an adventure. I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur, but uh, I am. And I think I'm the perfect personality actually for an entrepreneur now that I've kind of been living it for a little bit. And I analyze it a lot and think about, well, are certain people better than others in entrepreneurship? And I'm not sure about that, but I have thought about myself and what I am and what I do a lot. Hindsight, you know, looking back and thinking about well, why have things actually worked for me and why are things working? So it's it's been quite an adventure. Oh, that's great. So I discovered you about a year ago, a little over a year ago in January. I listened to a podcast and you were a guest and I went to your website and I was hooked. Uh, those those pretty chairs, all of that pattern, all that color, and I was hooked. I loved it. And um, you released like a newsletter every week, and I signed up, and it, it started where I just couldn't wait to get the newsletter every week. came on Sunday afternoon, and I was uh, always eager to see what you were up to and what you were doing. I am a huge thrifter. I don't thrift everything I buy, but I love finding the unique things and the things that I can turn into something that maybe somebody else had discarded and thought it was worthless or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I like shining it up and finding the beauty in it. Uh, And so that for probably six months, that is why I was following you. I loved 
all the stuff you put on. And then you shared a blog one week about a camper that you had redone. And of course, my first thought was, now, how much could I redo one for? And I clicked on the links and the brands and all of that. And they were more than I would have paid uh, mm -hmm. is what my thoughts were at the time. And, oh, I could get one that looked similar and I could paint paint it and it looked like that. You know, just you were just a source of inspiration for me all the time. And then you introduced that you were going to be doing a, a business retreat for women and I signed up. But once I did that and you kind of roped me in, you were very, very good about introducing it, but not saying what it was. And I had to keep coming back and, and seeing what it was going to be. And I, I mean, I just, I was, again, hook, line, and sinker. So, um, but that made me start looking at what you were doing as a as your business as a whole. And uh, I think you have the perfect business because it is creative and you cater to more than one group of people and do it very well. And you know the difference in that group and you found a way to talk to each group with what you do um, because you, you, you help the the people who want to do it themselves and then the people who just admire your work and want to purchase those. Uh, and, and you really know your prospects and you know what they want to see. And I just admire that so much. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if I know what they want to see, but <laughs> I'm pleasantly surprised when they like what I like. So that's good. <laughs> well, uh, for example, in, in your blog post, some of the things that I felt were out of my price range, um, would not have been out of my price range probably if I was looking for a set of chairs that you had already refinished. And then I started seeing the value in those and then the value of what you posted. But also for those who want to do it themselves, you gave them inspiration. And I, yeah. I just love that so much. But you said something in your introduction I want you to expand on a little bit. You said you're perfect to be an entrepreneur. And share with me what you think makes you perfect or what makes being an entrepreneur perfect for you. Yes, I think that's what it is. It makes it perfect for me. Well, I think my personality, I am an achiever. Um, so, and I'm a doer. And I think entrepreneurs need to be those things. Um, I am not necessarily a visionary um, thinker. I don't, I don't think globally and visionary about my business, but I do. I mean, to some degree I do, but I surround myself with other people who can help me think that way about my business. So I have a great copywriter who almost knows my audience better than I do. And um, so when we're writing like a new sales page for a new product, or we're writing some emails um, to promote something like the, the Pink Creatives Retreat, um, she understands who I am. And she, she really does get my audience. And so I have people like that. I have a great website designer who understands my aesthetic and my overall brand look. And so this whole visionary idea of thinking, even if I'm not as strong as some people are, I, I have people that can help me. I got my people. <laughs> so that's, that's a great thing. But I also think as an entrepreneur, being being an achiever type of personality and being competitive, um, I'm very competitive and not necessarily um, competitive against other people, but I'm competitive with myself. So it's like the, that drive to be the best that I can be, no matter what, 
you know, um, giving it my all, whatever I have to do, you know, I'll make the sacrifices if I have to do that. Like if I have to get up super early to be able to write a book or whatever it might be, I will sacrifice and I will do it and I will be disciplined about doing it. So that, that level of competition is there as well. And I think for entrepreneurs, I, I think it's really worked well for me the way I'm kind of geared. And I think that just, I'm willing to take risks, uh, calculated risks. Um, I'm, I'm willing to try some things. I don't know if they're going to work or not. Um, I didn't know if anybody would join our retreat uh, when we put it out there. It's something my friend Sarah and I have been wanting to do. We feel like we can help women in this way, but I didn't know if I didn't know if I had anyone in my audience willing to pay that amount of money to come to something like that. Everything I had sold was lower ticket. So the willingness to try to see, well, will anyone come? You know, we feel like we have something really great to offer. So those, uh, we're going to try it. And if it didn't work out, okay, well, okay, let's move on to the next thing. Um, but it worked out. Like we sold out in three weeks. So we're like thrilled um, with that. And um, we're, we're gearing up for it. So think, and I'm also a hard worker. Um, I've always prided myself on that. The, the downfall in that is learning how to take breaks and how to relax and how to play more, which I firmly believe is a very important part of a healthy life, you know, and I want to do it. So, you know, I have all these things that I feel like help me to move forward, but then, you know, some of those things, some of those traits, if I'm not careful, can lead me on the path to burnout, you know, so I, ha I have to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, so it's always checking myself and, and things like that. But I, I do think those things of willing to take risks and competing with myself and being an achiever and trying things to see if it's, if it's going to work or not. I think those have worked very well for me. And I'm grateful that I'm wired that way because it's been been a been good <laughs> to grow yeah. my business it's not been easy though by any means this is this has not been a snap my fingers and everything was perfect there's lots of years of trying stuff and not working and tears and frustration and feelings of failure but then you know getting back up okay well let's try this you know let's see let's analyze why that didn't work and and so it's, it's really uh, been quite a journey. <laughs> but I love all of that. And I think you're right. I think that the part about being willing to put in the work when you don't see the results as yeah. being an entrepreneur, it's really important. And I don't know if you can explain that well enough to someone who is just starting out that I know for me, when I became an entrepreneur, and honestly, my husband and I were just wanting to make a living. That's what we say. Mm -hmm. We you know yeah. we didn't realize it was going to turn into a business and that we were going to have employees and all of that. But it is something to me when you start, when you find what you're supposed to do, it, it it's not easy, but the next step comes to you. So yeah. it's like um, you don't get stuck as much. I think when you, um, because you're driven to want to do some, to do the next step, even though the first step might have failed. 
Right. Um, well, and it's all, all failure is, is just feedback, you know, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's feedback. So it's, it's really, if you think about it that way, it's not threatening. It's okay to try, um, you know, and I, I think that that helps having that kind of mindset and viewpoint toward it. So was your chair business your first attempt at being an entrepreneur? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it really was just a hobby at first um, where I, I had a career. Um, it was a good career and I liked my job. I loved writing. That was my creative outlet. I wrote readers for kids. I wrote lesson plans for teachers. I wrote professional development books for them. And I did trainings uh, on all those things for, for school districts and um, really loved, I, I didn't love the travel so much, but I did like the feeling of helping the teachers be better teachers for their students. I felt like I was making more of a difference than having my own little classroom and teaching my own group. I can make a difference in them, but I could make a bigger difference if I expanded. And so I had that job and that career and it was going really well. And I took this upholstery course just because I like to do things to make me more creative at my job. So I had taken guitar lessons. I had taken um, like a hieroglyphics course. I kind of really failed at that. <laughs> we won't talk about that one, but I mean, you know, I do these weird things to make me a better thinker in my job. And so I took the course. I had dabbled in upholstery years before and done it by a book. Um, and I've always loved decor and home and I've always loved fixing my house. Like even when we were in student housing up at the University of Chicago, um, like our apartment looked better than anybody's and we were poor. We didn't have anything, but I knew ways to make things look good, like in a cheap way, you know, and I had dabbled in upholstery, tried a few things. It was really hard. So for my birthday back in 2012, I asked for, I want to take a, an upholstery course. There was one in South Austin. And so I got that as a gift and took the course. And then I had to take it again because I couldn't remember what I did in the class. Like I would get home, I had notes written, but I was like, wait, what did we do? And it, you know, because it's so overwhelming. Um, that's one reason why I think people should do online classes because you can rewind, rewind and rewatch things, you know, as many times as you need. I had no video to go back to. I just had written notes and pictures and it didn't make sense. And so I had to take it a second time and um, and finally felt like, okay, I, I know what I'm doing. I created like five chairs and I put them, I thought I gotta see if I can sell something. And this was just for fun. <laughs> and so I um, put them up for sale and uh, like within two weeks, I sold my first chair. Now, never mind you that the chair was only $150. Like it was ridiculously priced. I think I only made, well, I think I made a hundred bucks off of it. I think I'd spent, put $50 into it. But then I was like, shoot, I have to figure out how to ship this thing. <laughs> and so then it was just like my husband and I trying to pack the chair, get it to New York City. And it, you know, it got there safe. And, and I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Like, I wonder if I could do this. And, you know, I sold a few more and then people started contacting me for custom orders. And it, it was a challenge for me. And that's, I'm driven by challenge, you know, being challenged uh, to do something that's kind of hard. I love that. I need that in my job. And so kind of at the same time, my job satisfaction started going down 
because it was like, well, I've already done all this. Like nothing's hard. There's not a challenge here. Um, unless I wanted to go into writing math curriculum and I didn't want to do that. So um, I, I just, I felt like I had written everything I could write. I had done every kind of training I could do that was interesting or that seemed like it would challenge me. And so I needed a real challenge and selling chairs seemed like a challenge. But so then that began the heartache of wanting to quit my day job and not being able to. I have kids getting ready to go to college. Um, thought I needed to go back to school to get a design degree um, in order to do something. You know, I thought I needed to be an interior designer. And it really ended up that, you know, because I thought, well, who does just chairs? You know, nobody does that. Well, that's exactly why I should do it, you know, but at that point, I didn't understand like niching in a business. I didn't understand the power, what that would do. So it's a lot by trial and error. A lot of it, I think, I think a lot of success in business comes from common sense, honestly. Like at first I was like, man, I should have gotten an MBA. I should have this, that. No, I, I think it's perfect the way it happened to me because it's a lot of figuring out instead of going by the rules of how people say you have to do a business, I made my own rules and it has paid off so much. It, just being myself in my business. And that's, I think the most powerful thing for any entrepreneur who runs a company is embracing the uniqueness of who they are, their quirks, your likes, your dislikes, um, and being brave enough to show the world what it is. And I think that that's the bigger step that we can all feel the things that we wanna be and, and everything, but being courageous enough to show everyone who we are, that's really hard for people to do. It's hard to do, because you're afraid of rejection. I mean, I think people don't wanna be rejected. Um, they, they, they want, we want to be loved and accepted. Everybody does. And, but, you know, I just decided, well, I want to do this so bad. And it's just a lot of hard knocks along the way, a lot of lessons, sometimes spending money on things I shouldn't have. And then learning later, gosh, you know, I shouldn't have done that. And so a lot of those hard things, but, you know, finally, you know, getting smart enough to join a coaching group really is what changed my whole business. It, it was getting outside perspective. Like I was trying so hard, but I needed direction. Um, I needed help, you know? And so being able to do that has been really great. And I've been in three different kind of mastermind coaching programs and I will always be in one, always, because I need to grow. There's always new things to learn. That's the cool thing about being an entrepreneur. Like if you're the kind of person that needs to be challenged, be an entrepreneur <laughs> because there's always challenges. There's always problems to solve, you know? Wow. Oh, there's so much in that. So I loved that the part that you were doing different things to make you better in your job because you were writing and I guess you needed to be creative. And of course mm -hmm. you didn't want to do math curriculum. That wasn't creative enough. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, here's the funny thing. When I was in school, math was my best subject. I was good. I got the calculus award in high school. Like I was good at math, but I didn't like doing it. I didn't enjoy it. Um, 
And so to me, it was like, okay, yeah, I can do that. I don't care about that. Let's do something I hated, like reading and social studies. I hated those. <laughs> so I always gravitate toward that because I was like, okay, if I can make this fun for kids to learn, like they can't wait to get to class to learn about whatever topic. If I can write and create things in a way that would make them want to learn, because I think learning should be fun. Um, and I still believe that, you know, I, <laughs> so that was, that's always been my goal anyway, is kind of coming from that, that angle. So, so you were doing these things to keep you creative and challenged, yeah. but you, you really weren't necessarily looking for another job, but then when you no. started doing chairs and you, you saw the challenge in it, I'm assuming, and, yeah. and had you, and you had kind of thought maybe about being an entrepreneur before, but you didn't know what direction, I guess. Yeah. And well, honestly, I just thought entrepreneurs were weird. Like who, who would want to be an entrepreneur? You know, <laughs> I, I think that was kind of my attitude because it was just such a weird concept. Like, you know, I come from a generation of you take a job and you keep that job your whole life. And then, you know, when I got my teaching jobs, I changed grades every year because I needed an, a new challenge. This is how crazy I am. You know, <laughs> I could never picture myself teaching third grade for 10 years or 20 years or 30 years. I, I am like, that is crazy to me. It would drive me up the wall. Um, there's not enough room for, to be creative in that little box. You know, I have to have some change in order to keep me on my toes and to make me think of fun, new creative things to do. So yeah, I honestly, I didn't think about being an entrepreneur because I thought entrepreneurs were weirdos. I, I was <laughs> like, who would want to do that? <laughs> but at the same time, I knew I couldn't be the kind of person that wanted to stay in a job for forever. So where does that leave me? You know, I mean, uh, what is, and so yeah, the path was there. I mean, like if my parents would have realized this about me, I probably would have started being an entrepreneur much younger um, than starting at, you know, in my 40s. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I just love the story. Now, to me, part of what you do right is you understand um, what your prospects, your clients are looking for. You, you can see it from like their point of view almost. So and, and I think that's important. And you said it when you were talking about helping. And I think it's important in any kind of business that you see how you are helping. Yeah. And I mean, at least it is to me. I can't, I couldn't do a business unless I knew how I was helping, how I was contributing. What right. difference was I going to make mm -hmm. for the person who is going to give me money for whatever it was? And, and you shared a lot of that's how you feel. You feel like you need to help. Um and so, but with your, with your chairs, you just kept growing it. It sounds like anyway, from that you, you grew it into something that would be a business. And a lot of people would have taken that same, that same path and not, not kept trying and not pushing to make it the business that they needed it and wanted it to be that they could help all sorts of people. Yeah. Yeah, I think <clears throat> understand. So I took the Clifton Strengths Finder a couple of years ago. One of my closest friends is a Strengths Finder coach, and um, she took uh, gave me the test. It kind of gives you your top five. You know, of course, number one is achiever, and then comp competition. Well, my third one is significance, and that is the part what you're explaining right there that you have to feel like you're doing something to make a difference in someone's life. 
that is that drives me. Um, there has to be meaning. And for you know, a long time I wondered, yeah, I make pretty chairs, but what so what? You know, like what good does that do anybody? You know, and so when I would hear back then from my clients that every time I walk in my kitchen, it just brings me so much joy to see these chairs, you know, and then I started hearing things like that. And then people would DM me on Instagram saying, you know, I've suffered from depression for years. I look for your posts every morning to give me joy. And I was like, really? I'm doing that? Like, so I think as entrepreneurs, <clears throat> we don't realize what we're doing sometimes to help other people until they start telling us. <laughs> and then you need to listen when they start saying things like that, because then you begin to understand what your mission is. Um, and I think you would probably agree that, yeah, for some, for people who it, it matters the difference you make, you know, I mean, of course you want to make a living and you want to live well and you want to help people, but are you really making a difference? You know, <laughs> and I mean, I think, so for me, yes, that, that really does matter. And I think most of it is just listening when people tell you what it does for them, what they need. Um, I've had so many people email me telling me that their family, one lady emailed me a couple months ago saying my upholstery course was uh, about to be open to, to enroll for enrollment. And one lady emailed me and she said, yeah, my family said, well, why bother? You're 72. And I just about came unglued. I was just like, oh my gosh, like you're supposed to lay down and die just because you're 72? Like, how dare they say something like that? It just made me so angry for her. And I've had um, people in my course who've enrolled who are older. I've had people in their 80s um, enroll in my course and they're finding new life and new joy. And I mean, that's the way I think, man, if I'm still alive at 87, I'm gonna be looking for the next thing. Like what's next, <laughs> you know? What else can I do um, that will satisfy this creative itch and also help other people do it. That brings so much happiness and joy and satisfaction to me when I feel that I can really help people in whatever it is, you know, whether it's just helping them with how they feel or helping them move their career forward, you know, whatever it might be. That brings me so much happiness to see people making progress and moving forward. Um, so I just love that you know. Well, that's wonderful. So I, I can see where challenges and learning new things brings you so much joy and you have found a way in your business to offer that to other people. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty amazing. And probably one of the reasons that it just shines through you. Um, and I think I it's, the you path, it's the path to happiness. I think like challenging yourself and doing hard things. And when you do them, looking back and saying, look at what I just did. That was hard. And don't look too close, you know, because there's mistakes. Like we all say that. I've said it. Mm -hmm. All my students say this on their first chair when they post it in our Facebook group. But it, it really brings happiness and joy. And it doesn't mean that that road to getting there was all happiness and joy. Sometimes it's frustration. Sometimes it's, you know, anger, uh, trying to work through a problem, you know, but once you work through it, when we look back and we say, I did something hard, that does so much for your confidence because look, you, you, it's like, you have to brag to everyone, you know, um, it's just, it's, it's, I think it is the key 
to happiness in life is doing hard things. It is, even though it's the whole process is not a happy thing. The end result though, I think makes you really happy. I have to agree with you. It, it certainly is one of the keys to happiness. Uh, I know the way I looked at my sales career when I started, everybody else, I mean, there's a lot of people who wouldn't even try. And for me to find out there was something that I could do that other people, not everybody could do or wanted to do, right. and I could do it well and make a living. I mean, just visiting people. I got, you know, I was helping them, but I got to go see them, hear their stories, do all of that. That was wonderful to me. And I'm like you, I'm a little bit competitive and I always had the opportunity to, to get to the next level, to uh, earn that next prize, to, to do that. And it, and it, it really taught me a lot about myself. I mean, I hadn't been challenged like that before I started in sales and it, there is something certainly to it. And a lot of people would have, I think maybe had your business uh, with the chairs and before you started offering that class to other people and they would have been happy with that but for you to discover another way to serve people and to bring them happiness is pretty amazing it, it, it's ser serendipitous I think you know it just kind of happened um mm -hmm. that's what's so fun and another thing I think is really cool is you know all your past experiences and careers and all the things you've done continually come to serve you in whatever you're doing in the future too like being a teacher in the past I love teaching I was a good teacher um and when I you know said goodbye to my day job well I, it first happened because I said goodbye to the classroom you know but then I taught teachers you know and then when I said goodbye to that job I thought okay well that's it for teaching and I thought I'd just be making chairs that was it um and you know that changed then I was like oh I guess I can teach people to do this too huh you know and so all these past things that I've done and my past abilities and my experiences I think they all work to help you in your new careers your new endeavors they have to because it's all a summation of who you are <laughs> and it all kind of comes out so I've kind of gone full circle here you know now I'm teaching again and I love it. I'm, I'm excited. I never thought I would do this again, you know, so it's, it's a surprise to me. Well, you discovered something people needed to learn again. So. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I had no <laughs> idea that anyone wanted to learn upholstery. I just thought nobody wants to learn this. <laughs> and it was, it was just kind of been funny to see. Yeah, they kind of do, <laughs> you know? So tell us about your upholstery classes. It did have quite a bit of people who, um, partake in that is that right well it's really funny yeah I do I have over 1200 students um I and it's people who join who never thought they would join either so like just be careful don't look at my chairs because you just may end up like this one lady last year who was an accountant um she joined my ugly chair challenge it was a challenge I did that I do a couple times a year where I teach about the design of a chair how to turn an ugly chair into a beautiful chair so it's not about the steps of upholstery. It is about the design process. Like how do you get a gorgeous, you know, drop dead gorgeous chair um, from this really ugly chair, you know? And so I teach my design process in that challenge and it's a five day thing. And then my upholstery course opens. So this one gal who was an, uh, an accountant, 
um, decided she, she thought, oh, I guess it popped up on Facebook. Okay, I'll join the Ugly Chair Challenge. She participated and she told me on a call after um, she said, I had no intention of joining her DIY upholstery course, but I couldn't help it. Once I went through that, it was so much fun. And that's the thing. It's like, it is really fun to transform something from ugly to something beautiful with your own hands. Um, and so, yes, she was an accountant and she took the course and she started flipping her own chairs and selling them like within two months. She had a set ready to sell. And I mean, and she still was an accountant. And I just thought that was so funny. I had no idea an accountant would want to take my course. So, I mean, it's, but it really is the satisfaction of creating with your hands and doing things. Like, I think we are all makers at heart. And uh, some of us just aren't doing it. We aren't practicing. But I think when we do things with our hands, we transform things, whether you bake or you garden, um, or you do chairs, whatever it might be. I think doing things with your hands is real important for all of us. Um, some people paint, you know. So, I mean, that that's a transformative process because, yeah, you're transforming the thing you're working on or working with, but you're also transforming who you are and your confidence as a person. Um, and so these are things I've learned. Like, I didn't start out with this master plan of this course and this is what it's going to do for people. I, I was challenged by my business coach to create it. And I was like, nobody wants to learn this. Like I was arguing about it and she, you know, she's like, no, you need to do this. And I'm like, all right. And then I thought in the back of my mind, yeah. And when this fails, I'm going to go back and say, you are the one who told me and it didn't fail at all. I was just, I was pleasantly just surprised, shocked. Uh, my copywriter, website designer, we were all just shocked that it went so well. Um, and has continued to grow. And um, I'm, I'm so glad that other people want to do this too. And, and then those who want to go into more difficult courses do. And, but a lot of people don't. I think a lot of people are like me. I mean, I can do more difficult chairs. I don't want to. I want quick, fast transformation. I'm a dining room chair kind of gal. You know, that's my thing. I've decided that's my niche within chairs but other people like big, comfortable, sitting soft chairs and other people may like bar stools, you know, that's their thing or desk chairs or, you know, uh, bedroom chairs or whatever. I've kind of made my stake in the ground of what I like doing. And there's a lot of people who want to do it too, because it's fast and easier to do. It's so much easier with the design of it. Um, and it doesn't take a lot to get a lot of satisfaction. <laughs> You know, just a little, little transformation brings a lot of satisfaction, I think, to people. So, I mean, it's, 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 uh, I mean, I am biased because I do think online courses are better than in-person. I think we have this mindset that, oh no, in-person has to be better. But here's what happens with in-person classes. First of all, you can't review the material, <laughs> you know, you can't go back, like you write notes or you may take pictures, but you can't go back step by step. And, and then second of all, most of the time you're waiting on the teacher or the instructor to come over and help you because you get stuck, but they're helping everybody else. So there's so much time sitting and waiting. So, I mean, you know, we have this, we have this idea that in-person is better and live is better, but I just, I don't believe it. I don't buy into it because I, my own experience has taught me that this is actually a better way. And then we have community in our private Facebook group. So people can ask questions. They can get help. You're never left alone. Um, 
you know, so I, I'm, but I'm biased because that's the way my class is. But as a teacher, I, I really do firmly believe that it's a better way of teaching and learning. And um, I also think people need to start on simple chairs. Like instead of going and trying to do a, a wing back chair, you know, no, you need to start on a dining room chair because you got to learn the basics. The basics are hard enough, you know, get those down, then advance, you know, to, to harder things. Um, if you start on something that's too hard, you're more likely to give up and not finish. And it's very frustrating. It's not a pleasant experience of learning something new. And so I really feel that you need to start on something that is simpler, um, that you can transform quicker because then that's more likely to keep you doing it, you know, doing new things if you, if it's something you enjoy. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's been, it's, it's been a really fun um, experience for me watching people not only transform their chairs, but just what it's doing for them. You know, it's, it's just so meaningful, honestly. Yeah, I can, I can see where that, that really has to be rewarding for you mm -hmm. to see um, how, especially with that many people and you're making such a difference for them. Uh, that yeah. is just wonderful. And just one of the reasons why I think you have a great business. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally accidental though. Let me, I'll just say, <laughs> I, you know, it's like you try some things and you're like, oh, that kind of is good, you know? So it's, I mean, it's, and sometimes like you need the outside person, like your business coach or your friends or other people to tell you, you know, you should do this because people want this from you. And I'm like, really? Because when you're in it, you can't see it. You know, it's, it's hard. Uh, so you do need outside help. You need to surround yourself with creative people too, because that makes you more creative. The, the, because the way they think, you begin to think in different ways. You see how people analyze things in different ways. And I think it makes you more creative. Uh, and I also feel like a lot of, being an entrepreneur, a lot of success comes from, um, you know, like I said, common sense, but listening to your gut, you know, I, I don't know if that works for everybody, but because I'm not over emotional kind of person, <clears throat> but the things that just seem common sense, I think that's, that makes good business practices, you know, yeah. when we start, when we start listening to everybody who says you have to do it this way, if that's just never going to be right for everybody, you know, it might be one way, but it's not going to be right for everybody and their personality and their business and the way they want to run it, you know. Yeah, well, I think that you are a great example of trying different things mm -hmm. and following your heart, staying true to yourself. Uh, you are always uh, authentic. You always, you always show up in, in a way that you can expect. And I love that no matter if you see you on, in, in a Facebook post and your blog or whatever. Um, it is always in a way you can expect, but always with an element of surprise, I guess, just <laughs> a, a uniqueness that is, I, I guess, true to you from, you know, mm -hmm. from what you've told us. And I love that. And I really admire you and your business. I cannot wait till April when I get to come to the retreat. Yay. <laughs> I am very excited about that. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to share before we go? Well, I would just say for your audience, if they're business-minded people, you know, just know that take the pressure off that you don't have to have it all figured out ahead of time. That often it is one step in front of the other to figuring out the direction you need to go. You just need to take one more step because the doors often open 
in places that you just never, ever would imagine it to take you. And so don't feel paralyzed because you don't know the plan because the plan is not probably going to work anyway, the way you think it's going to work, <laughs> you know, so you have to be open and, and that's part of the risk taking that you have to be open and you have to be willing to take a step and see what happens. Then, you know, the next step, what direction to go in and so on. And I think that's the most fun, satisfying thing. And the most adventurous part of being an entrepreneur is it's the joyful part. I think I have no idea what two years from now is going to hold. And that's so exciting. You know, who knows? Who knows if I'll still be doing chairs? You know, I think I will be, but I'm open for anything, you know, any way that I can help myself and help other people and bring more joy into this world. Boy, that is my goal. And so I would just say to anybody who's listening, just, you know, be comfortable in not knowing the future. You cannot know the future. It's okay. None of us know the future. Just get help, get counsel, get coaching, whatever it takes to get advice and mentorship from people and take steps in the direction where you want to go and see what happens, you know. Uh, that is wonderful. Thank you so much for being here and just sharing with us. I'm looking so forward to meeting you in person. Okay, that was Wendy Conklin. As I said, I'm sure you are inspired. This month, we have been talking about pivoting. And as Wendy shared, she had a totally different career in the beginning. And when she first took that uh, upholstery class, she thought, I like this. I want to do a little bit more. And she kept doing that until she sold her first chair. Now, she, she knew that she enjoyed redoing the chair, and she wanted to make that into a business. If she, you know, hadn't really hung with it. She couldn't have replaced her original career, but she took what she knew, you know, she enjoyed it and she could do it, but she had to figure out how to make it into the business she wanted it to be and needed it to be to take care of her family. So this is just a great example of pivoting, but hanging with it, not giving up at the first opportunity that didn't go the way you had planned. So reach out to Wendy, follow her. I just got back from her retreat with Pink Creatives, her first business retreat. And I was truly inspired by the people I was with and by both her and Sarah who do the retreat. It was just such a blessing. It was three days of just uh, joy. So thank you so much. And I look forward to bringing you more on pivoting next week as we continue our series on pivoting.